Mobile banking, how are services, security, and risks evolving? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with David Duncan. He's the Chief Marketing Officer with WebRoo. Dave, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Tom. Glad to join you in the audience today. So, Dave, as you look at mobile banking services, how have the services and adoption of them evolved in 2014? Well, there's been a lot of change, and and I think the biggest change of all in the industry is for most banking and financial services institutions, they've come to realize that mobile banking is a fundamental customer requirement. It's not an optional service anymore, and frankly, it's not a service that many banks have a lot of success individually charging for. And so that's been a big step forward in, in 2014. We also have seen that, you know, when it comes to these transactions and mobile banking in general, convenience is much more valued over the security aspect of this. We want to enable users to conduct transactions via their mobile devices. And in the old days, and certainly on the commercial side of the house, we've had more security approaches, dual-factor authentication, better overall security. As we deal with consumers and mobile banking transactions, we have to ensure security but put more priority around the convenience of the banking transaction itself. So as institutions and customers are drawn to mobile banking, so are the fraudsters. How do you see that mobile threats have evolved this year? Yeah, that's a great question, Tom. You know, back in 2011, really the entire industry was tracking less than a 1,000 known mobile threats and mobile malware variants out there. Today, we're well over 100 times greater than that number back in 2011. And the attack surface has shifted, you know, because of these issues of mobile devices uh, being valued in terms of convenience over security. And users are downloading a lot more apps on these devices, their own personal mobile apps, um, that they're getting from app stores or they're putting games on those devices. And some of the other risks associated with mobile threats and how they've evolved is they're also getting onto these devices because users use mobile devices on unsecured public wireless connections or on, on public unsecured Wi-Fi. And also, we're storing a lot more data on these devices, and, and very few of these devices actually deploy some form of encryption. They may have passwords. They may have passcodes. They may even use PIN codes in a mobile banking transaction, but it doesn't mean that the underlying data itself is safe, just that there's a basic authentication mechanism built onto that. So as these threats have evolved and as we see cybercrime continuing to increase dramatically, um, we're seeing more and more of the targeted attacks going after mobile devices because, frankly, they're easier for the virus and malware writers to get to. Well, Dave, you've documented the exponential growth. What would you say are the most common threats that are targeting mobile users today? Yeah, there, there's three or four common types of attacks right now. There's certainly more man-in-the-middle attacks using some type of SQL or browser injection that are basically trying to catch you using your browser on your device and then at the same time trying to capture the login credentials that you're using so that those credentials can be used to take your information or take your, your money out of your bank account. We also see a rise in SMS premium malware. So that's basically trying to monetize SMS messages, paid SMS messages, and either you're going to have to pay the cost of that or your service provider is going to have to pay the cost of that. So there's a lot of malware out there that, that create these premium SMS messages that the user doesn't authorize to do. We also have seen very specific new malware uh, kits that have been developed and are being sold out on the black market, um, like Perkle, which is a new crimeware kit for mobile malware targeting Android users. That sells for like $1,000. 
And right now, today, the Trojans that are being generated out of Perkle have affected users in over 69 countries. And so what these are doing is, is they're basically Trojans that get on your mobile device and they intercept the mobile transaction authentication number, what's called the M10. So when you do a mobile banking transaction, you get a PIN code, you get information about that. Here's a secondary form of authentication. This type of malware is actually stealing that code and then being able to use that to monetize that in a transaction um, for financial fraud. There's other types that are out there. Zitmo is another one. Uh, Bankum is an interesting uh, form of mobile malware because it really replaces your actual legitimate banking app that's on your device with a fake one. It looks like it's the real thing, but it's capturing your information, your credentials, again, to steal your information, to steal your money. And then, obviously, we still see a lot of spear phishing attacks that are out there. Um, they continue to increase both in volume and velocity because users are more and more susceptible to these things, even with all the education that's out there. It's very easy for a user, let's say, to get a, a spear phishing attack through Facebook or get a LinkedIn request, hey, join my LinkedIn network. They click on that URL or that link, and next thing you know, boom, they've got malware on their mobile device. Dave, if you look beyond malware, what are some of the other risks that you see posing significant threats to mobile users? Right. Well, mobile users are very, very concerned about their privacy and their personal information. And, and so a lot of users are not realizing that if they download apps, they're downloading more and more apps that are either sideloaded or what we call potentially unwanted apps. So these are things that get onto your device. Maybe you're downloading a game or you're downloading some maybe a weather app or something like that, you don't realize that there's something that's getting on your device along with that that may be tracking your information, your personal information for monetization purposes, for adware purposes. So there's a big theme in that today. At WebRoot, we're tracking over nine, basically just under 10 million mobile apps today. And of that, about 16% of those apps have been categorized as unwanted or malicious in nature. So uh, these PUAs, potentially unwanted apps, really are the most prevalent method that virus writers are using today to get information onto your device, to monetize it, uh, or to get malware onto your device. So we've talked a lot about threats and risks. With this information, how can and should banking institutions be offering a more secure mobile experience to their customers? Obviously, the first thing is provide a banking application that is authenticated and it's certified and use a strong security certificate associated with that um, from, from a well-known certificate authority. The second thing is, is, you know, the banking app needs to integrate security in a very seamless and transparent way to the user. It can't get in the way of the user's job of trying to initiate a transaction. So we need an application that allows the bank to do a bunch of different things, analyze the device itself, determine if the device is rooted or if it's jailbroken, understand if there's some bad malicious apps on that device, and it has to do it literally in under five seconds to be effective. Users on mobile devices are not willing to wait around and download something or wait for a 30-second security scan. So it needs to be quick, lightweight, can't suck down the battery, can't suck down the memory, and it has to allow the bank to tailor what they do based on the data that's received back from that device in a way that meets their risk scoring or bank risk profile. Dave, let's talk about your customers. How are they sure. responding to some of these threats, and what do you see as business results that they're getting from this? Well, obviously, you know, Webroot offers a, a mobile banking SDK, which is a software development kit that integrates inside of the bank's application itself that they're using for mobile, 
mobile banking. So as a result, from a user perspective, the user doesn't see it. It's completely transparent to them, and it's modular, and it gives them a number of different modules that they can implement uh, in the banking app, like an active production service, a scanner service. It gives you information on the applications that are running on the device itself. It gives you some information about the device. And so it provides all of that information to them, and it provides a very powerful and very flexible risk scoring methodology that allows the bank to tailor the risk score based on the geographies of the customers um, that they're dealing with. As an example, uh, with a lot of our customers, and these are large banking customers that are multinationals, you know, it's much more common to have uh, rooted or jailbroken devices, as an example, in Asia. If you had that in America or in other countries, that maybe would give you a very poor risk score for the device versus in Asia where it's more common. So they need to actually have a solution that's tailorable and, and flexible and configurable to the geography of the mobile banking users that they're dealing with. And they also need to be able to customize that risk score into their own risk and fraud engines to allow them to determine whether or not it's a go, no-go on that banking transaction. Our customers see a very significant reduction in fraud and in and threats presented by mobile users because of our mobile SDK is so seamless, lightweight, and provides this very flexible risk scoring methodology. Um, and also because our technology doesn't use signatures, it's always using a cloud-based model for understanding what are the risks out there in the world in the wild in real time. It's not downloading a bunch of stuff onto the user's mobile devices, which would further degrade the user experience. So overall, the net net is happy customers, more secure banking transactions, reduced fraud. Let's finish up here with a question about the bottom line. If you were to sort of summarize, what tips would you offer to institutions to begin this process of improving the security of their mobile services? Sure. Well, obviously, integrate a, 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 a solid security technology into your mobile banking application. Make sure that that application can ensure whether or not the device is jailbroken or rooted. It can scan and understand the applications on that device to understand if the mobile apps themselves are PUAs or malicious. Also make sure that you can provide to that user if they're going to log in directly through the web browser some type of an identity shield that will protect them in the web browser session against a man-in-the-middle attack. Make sure you have a set of flexible security modules that you can deploy based on the different profiles and the types of devices and the geography of where your users are at. You know, the, the thing you can't do is you have to understand that in dealing with mobile banking risks and mobile banking users, one size doesn't fit all. So you need a lot of flexibility. Very good, Dave. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you very much. Tom, thank you very much, and thank you for the audience. The topic has been mobile banking, the evolution of services, risks, and security. I've been talking with David Duncan, his chief marketing officer with WebRoot. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.